Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Let's get right to our next guest, a nine-time All-Star. This gentleman pitched not only a no-hitter, he pitched also a perfect game. Besides battling on the pitcher's mound, he battled in Congress and in the Senate. Baseball Hall of Famer Jim Bunning. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. What are you doing these days? Taking it easy? I am uh, in retirement. If you know what that means, that means that... uh, you keep your own schedules. You have to do your own phone calls. You don't have 36 staff do things for you uh, to help out with the uh, 4.2 million constituents you used to serve. Do you miss having the 30-some people working for you? That's right. So who, who makes your breakfast in the morning? You? I do. What's a typical breakfast for Jim Bunning? Typical breakfast was this morning. Uh Blueberries with uh, a crunchy cereal, two donuts, a cup of coffee, and uh, some yogurt. It sounded pretty healthy till you got to the donuts. Oh, well, we give you a Krispy Kreme are pretty good. <laughs> I, and good for you. I was talking to someone. They said to ask you, are you a Kentucky colonel? Uh, yeah, three times. What is a Kentucky colonel for our listeners who don't know? Well, it's a, a governor giving a, a friend a special honor by making them a Kentucky colonel. I didn't know Colonel Sanders. That's why he had the name Colonel Sanders was, because he was a Kentucky colonel. I thought he was in the military. No, he was a Kentucky colonel. <laughs> it's an order of social uh, gathering uh, once a year around Derby time. Okay, so... You going to the Derby this year? Uh, I hope so. Are you a regular at the Derby? I've seen about 25. Okay. Do you have a most memorable one? Uh, I think the first one I saw was Citation and Coltown. That was back, what, in the mid-70s, right? No, that was the late 40s. Oh, late 40s. That was before I was, my parents were born. Before your parents were born. Exactly. Gee, you're just a kid. I was born in 71. I see that you threw a perfect game and a no-hitter. You remind me of a guy in Chicago here, Mark Burley, did the same thing. I think you're a similar type of pitcher. I had better stuff. <laughs> you could throw the ball harder. That's what I mean. I I see that when you retired, you had the second most strikeouts all time. I mean, were you a power pitcher or were you just getting by with finesse? Well, I could throw about 93 miles an hour, and I could locate pretty well. So that combination and having a good slider uh, made the combination of strikeouts come rather. I averaged about eight in the nine-inning game. That's pretty impressive. Now, did did baseball in any way prepare you for a career in politics? Well, I got involved in the Player Association. Uh, in uh, my uh, third year, fourth year in baseball, uh, the Tigers elected me their player rep. So for 11 years, I was active in the uh, players' union. I see that you are the only person to strike out Ted Williams in a game three times. 
Did you realize what accomplishment that was when you did it and how much you pissed him off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he got back because at you. He, he let me know. What did he tell you? Well, he went in immediately after the game that I struck him out and circled the next time he would see me. And that was in Detroit. Uh, and he hit two home runs, but I won five to three. So that's all that matters is winning the game, right? That's absolutely the truth. Now, back in the day, were the Philadelphia Phillies fans as bad as uh, the reputation they've gained over the years? They were absolutely great to me. I know. So that- they were, in other words, I don't. I disagree with your premise. Well, they say that Philly fans are, are are pretty brutal, especially when things aren't going right for the home team. Well, if they know that you're giving a hundred percent every time you play, they're for you every time. It's only when they think you're kind of uh, deacon it and not putting out that they get on you. And see, that was uh, 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 Mike Schmidt's uh, biggest problem. He did everything so easy that they didn't think he was really busting his, you know, uh, butt to, to perform. But that's the way his manner of play was. And therefore, it took him a while to win the hearts. And he's probably the best third baseman that ever lived. And he had a hard time with a lot of Philly fans early in his career. We had Gaylord Perry on before, and he was saying that the best player he ever saw was Willie Mays. Well, he was at the top three. Who do you think was better than him or just as good? Aaron. Mantle. What do you think? I mean, you're talking about, you know, the one in thousand player now. You're not talking about... The uh, great player. You're talking about the super great. What about uh, Ted Williams and Stan Musial? They... Yeah, they, they, they're in that category. What do you think? I mean, you were in politics for decades. What do you think about the government getting involved in this whole NFL strike and getting involved in this whole steroid controversy? Do you think that the government should be involved or they should say, you know what, this is a game, let them figure it out? Well, but the trouble is they're in interstate commerce, and therefore the government has a hand in interstate commerce. And when they use the laws to organize, in other words, the NFL uses the labor laws to organize into a union, there comes with that certain obligations. And then there comes with that certain appeals to courts. So whether you want to be in uh, football or baseball or whatever, you're stuck into it if you're in in uh, in the government because they're using laws that have been created by government to govern corporations and or sports because corporations own sports. Will we ever see an end to baseball's antitrust exemption, do you think? We should. But we what? should because it's early, ancient civil war law. 
and it was it was put up uh, in the twenties. And uh, baseball has changed. We are actively involved in interstate commerce in baseball, so you know that that exemption should not be there. Why don't they take it away? Are this or they're just? It's been just. It, you know what it is? It's lack of interest. On whose part? On on the legislator's part. They, they've got a lot of friends that own baseball teams and they don't want to step on their toes. But it is absolutely uh, not right that they should have an exemption to the Sherman antitrust laws. So will it- because they are involved. Uh, I mean, do you think that the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs are not involved in interstate commerce? No, they are. There's no question being of it. A, being an attorney, oh, I know they covered. are. They shouldn't have an exemption. But then you had George Bush run the country, former owner of the Rangers. He wasn't going to stop it. And now you got Obama. Obama, I don't think, will do anything. Well, of course not. It's easier not to do anything. It's tough to make the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers abide by all the laws that govern interstate commerce. And and Bud Selig would tell you it would be the end of the world, right? Oh, Bud Selig, my goodness gracious! You're not a big fan of Bud. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything about Bud. Bud's an old buddy, but he just he isn't going to have any controversy. Come on, the controversy he had is putting somebody in charge of the Dodgers when the Dodgers are one of the best franchises in baseball. Yeah, what is he That's doing there? A joke. And, and then McCourt says. Bud Selig's un-American, and, and I'm, I'm wondering if, if Frank McCourt has all his marbles. Well, you know, that is an unfortunate ownership problem, uh, a very, very bad divorce going on, and the, the wife actually would like to own part of the Dodgers, and therefore they, they're going to have to settle that in court. It's a, it's a shame. I mean... I mean, it's one of the best franchises on the face of the earth. And it is one of the best franchises. Do you miss being a senator? Uh, Maybe for two days. (laughs) I mean, these these people are nuts here. I mean, they are attacking senators. They're attacking presidents. There's no respect for politicians anymore. Well, uh, you have to earn people's respect. You don't get it automatically. I mean, look at Sarah Palin. They made this woman out to be a bumbling idiot. Which, which is this? Sarah Palin. They made her to be a bumbling idiot when she was the vice presidential uh, nominee. Well, they, they did the same thing to Dan Quayle. Uh, that, that's, you got nobody to blame but yourself. And I, don't, I mean, not you specifically, but you as part of a group of of uh, the uh, media. That's who did it. Now, there seems... Ellen's a very conscientious woman who ran Alaska, and uh, she kind of... I was at the speech at the, the Republican convention when she gave it. She did a great job. And uh, she's got a pretty good following. Now, I don't know if she could ever be elected president, but... She's a heck of a lot smarter than most people think. 
there seems to be a lack of civility when it comes to politics. When you entered it... You know, I think if you go back and read the time of Abraham Lincoln and read the 50s and what was going on then, civility now is higher than it was in the 1850s and 1840s and 1860s. I mean, people were called son of a SOBs and all kind of unbelievable things. They they dueled on the on the Senate and and what's called uh, House floor, shot at each other. Come on. What do you think of the whole Obama birth certificate controversy? Well, I think it's a bunch of baloney. We, you think it's just Trump trying to make himself look out to be this basically hero or knight here, and I'm going to save America and make himself look good? Well, I don't know the reason Donald Trump asked for a birth certificate, but I'll say this for him. It's the first time Obama ever produced it. <laughs> so Donald Trump got something done that no one else could do. When Lincoln and all those folks were, you know, shouting at one another, we didn't have wall-to-wall coverage on uh, cable news channels and uh, radio and all that other stuff. Is is all this visibility good turn or bad? Turn the television sets off. Turn the, ca- turn the, the cameras off in the House and Senate. And it'll take about half the time to enact a law and half the time. You know, people get up and play to the audience. It's 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 worse than than being uh, uh, a performer. Uh, it's the ones that get up and say something, and you have to determine whether they're saying anything or not, and you have to know what's going on to to know that. So uh, it isn't as easy as it used to be when only thing you had was radio. And before that, print media. One quick thing. Do you think Barry Bonds should have faced those contempt charges? I think should have faced whatever the Justice Department, uh, you know, brought for him. It's just like me. If I did something that uh, lied to a grand jury or uh, just, you know, obstructed justice, they have the right to bring me to the federal courts and prosecute me. You're right. That's what they, that's what they did with Barry Bonds. He could have took the fifth, he didn't, and that's what happens. That's the consequences. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Bunning. It was a pleasure talking to you, or Senator Bunning. <laughs> Colonel Bunning. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm around every day. Excellent. Enjoy your retirement, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. That was Baseball Hall of Famer Jim Bunning. What a great show today, Elliot. Two Baseball Hall of Famers, Gaylord Perry and Jim Bunning, and our royalty from Illinois, Miss Illinois USA, Angela Sparrow. You ready to go out and get fitted for a tiara now? I'm ready for my tiara, and I'm ready to prance down the aisle. I'll look forward to that. Again, thank you for listening to Sports and Torts. Tune in again next week. Thank you.